Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Well, we now know that one of the skeletal remains in the dried-up Lake Mead bed was a mobster. He wasn't murdered, though. Uh, unlike the person that was found in that oil drum, I'm sure uh, that wasn't uh, just of natural causes. But this guy, Daniel Colad, K-O-L-O-D, uh, worked for the mob, worked in Vegas, and he was out fishing. And there was some wake and he got knocked, the speedboat uh, tipped over, and uh, he fell in along with uh, another person that was with him. That person survived. He was never found. They searched for him, too. But uh, they knew that he was missing uh, two of his teeth, and uh, that's how his son said, hey, that, uh, that's probably my dad. <laughs> so we know who one of them is, and there's a whole story behind this guy and his family and mobsters in Vegas working for the casino, but at least we're finding out who these people are. And big surprise! <laughs> uh, let's see, we found him in the lake by Las Vegas, and he was in the mob. Uh, no kidding. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Well, just as the uh, Biden administration announced uh, yesterday, uh, Wednesday, the 22nd of June, 2022, that they are expanding testing capabilities for monkeypox to uh, five commercial laboratories in a bid to keep up with the rising number of cases. Yeah, it's uh, becoming uh, overwhelming number of monkeypox cases. According to the CDC, 156 monkeypox orthopox virus cases have come forward. Now today, who... Not the band, but the World Health Organization is meeting on making monkeypox a possible global health emergency. Global health emergency. Global health emergency. The Director General, Tedros Adahannam Dabrisisisisas, Amorphophallus, called the outbreak unusual and concerning. Huh. Now, we know that uh, in Africa, where monkeypox is endemic, uh, it's sickened people for decades, with one version of it killing up to 10% of the infected. However, beyond Africa, no deaths have been reported, and scientists have yet to find any major genetic changes in the virus. Now, the CDC has confirmed, as I said, more than 150, like 156 or something, confirmed monkeypox and orthopox cases here in the United States, 40 of those are in California, 22 are in New York, 19 in Illinois, 16 are in Florida. The majority of new monkeypox cases have been seen in gay or bisexual men. Experts do caution, though, that anyone is at potential risk. <laughs> really, that surprises me. So you normally become infected with the monkeypox virus through contact with the skin lesions or bodily fluids of infected animals or humans, or through contact with materials contaminated with the virus. Ooh, so I can't even touch anything that you touch. Some of those symptoms include fever, chills, rash, and aches before the lesions developed. 
Plus, now the WHO is meeting today. We've got to get a new name for it. We have to stop calling it monkeypox. I don't know what we're going to call it. I don't know what I don't know what you call it. I can think of plenty of joke names to call it, but it's not funny. Okay, it just isn't funny. And so, is it going to be a global health emergency? It's very possible. I mean, we know that the CDC has issued their list of safe activities for sexually active patients to engage in, uh, you know, like um, avoid kissing and having sex with your clothes on uh, or covering areas where rash or sores are present. No, so you should avoid kissing. These are recommendations are avoiding kissing and you should have sex with your clothes on or covering areas where rash or sores are present. Maybe you just don't do that for a while. Uh, you're sick and you have monkeypox. <laughs> Maybe you just don't have sex for a while. Jeff, how dare you? How dare you? I know. I know. I know. Patients and prospective patients are also advised to wash your hands. Make sure you wash your fetish gear, uh, your sex toys and any fabrics after having sex and take care of personal business, uh, your own masturbation, uh, together at a distance. Wait, you're together at a distance by taking care of yourself. Okay. Without touching each other and without touching any rash or sores. All right. In New York city, they gave a recommendation for active, sexually active people to use glory holes to prevent the spread. <laughs> Come on, we can't, this can't be real. It's just amazing to me. There is, we can't just tell people, uh, you know what, you've got monkeypox, don't have sex. <laughs> it's just incredible to me, but I get whatever, you know, whatever. Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> we know that the virus is not nearly as contagious as COVID and it's transmitted through bodily fluids and prolonged contact with infected areas. Prolonged contact with infected areas. Interesting. We also know that uh, they're looking at it possibly being uh, stored in men's semen. Uh, we don't know that. I don't think they know that for sure if that happens for everyone or if that was just an isolated case. So just know that if you have monkeypox, there's no way that you can think to yourself, you know, maybe I just won't have any sexual activity for a while. I'm sick. I've got these sores. They're weeping, oozing goo out of me. And uh, I probably, you know, probably shouldn't be touching anything or anyone. <laughs> well, let me go over here and use this glory hole. It's uh, unbelievable. Speaking of glory holes, I see where a woman uh, claims that there were 10 hidden cameras in a Philadelphia Airbnb that she stayed at. She posted a viral video and uh, sparked a police investigation, but there weren't any cameras found on the property. So, I mean, this lady posted and said, hey, I'm staying at this Airbnb. We noticed these sprinklers cameras were placed in spots to get you a, a perfect view of people. Well, yeah, that's where you would put them if you were going to put cameras in your house. So she posted, I mean, online, I mean, it went viral and I saw that it's retweeted, you know, 100,000 times or so. 
And uh, she said, luckily it was a girl's trip, so I wasn't having intercourse, but I was naked and had to change in the room. <laughs> and uh, Airbnb said, uh, whoa, we were, uh, we were informed uh, by the lead Philadelphia police detective that the property was searched and the case was being closed. He confirmed that he did not find any hidden or undisclosed cameras and that the fire sprinklers had regular sprinkler heads. Ha! Huh. The company is refunding the guest anyway and said, hey, uh, you know, here's your money. Quit your whining. And uh, the woman has said that the post is she had a, she had a friend booked the room. It was listed under a business name and never met or spoke with the owner. After a night out, uh, the pair came back, slept on the couch, then woke up the next morning and saw one of the alleged cameras above them. Oh. And you can see how it's set up, the picture that they took, you know, with the sprinkler head and the little the little camera <laughs> slashed behind there. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can understand why you would put a camera in there and how absolutely wrong it is. I just won't hear of it. But it doesn't seem like it was actually true. Uh, there's no real support of truth. They called in the detectives. They never found the cameras. All they have is, uh, you know, the videos that she posted online that she came up with and, uh, you know, her claims, but nothing, uh, nothing for real. So just make sure when you're Airbnb in it, uh, before you, uh, you know, come home and get naked with your girlfriends or your boyfriends, you might want to, you know, look around check it out a little bit you know for cameras and while i know that this is the privacy of uh you know of an apartment or a home or where you're staying you expect that some level of privacy in today's world really i mean unless it's in your own home and then that's even questionable you're on camera in today's world man wherever you go whatever you do it's being filmed might not you know i don't know who's watching it all of it but it is being filmed. It's kind of a chewing the fat rule of thumb. Just always assume you're on camera. Just always assume it. And then you'll be good. Because you'll know what you're doing. Always assume you're on camera. You're welcome. Another example of that. The new head of the British Army has called a Parachute Regiment to Battalion's deployment to Bosnia and Kosovo. Kosovo. Uh, we're not doing that now. Why? Because there's a video showing the paratroopers participating in an orgy at the military base. <laughs> so they had temporarily lost trust. Really? We can't parachute them into Kosovo and Bosnia because they had a orgy back at the base? <laughs> okay. You got it, whatever you say. So apparently they received uh, the video that alleged the behavior in the orgy video has been found to be consensual and no crime was committed. So let them go. No, but still unacceptable. Corrosive and detrimental to the Army's reputation and could be construed as to generate women. Wait, what? Are you kidding me? So, I've looked for this video, and I have not seen it. So, I can't tell you how many people were involved in the paratrooper orgy. 
or you know how many men and how many women were in this um, orgy but uh, I guess the head of the UK military was unhappy when the old paratroopers had the video of them being involved in this orgy now again I go back to um, always assume you're on camera. And when I say that's a good rule of thumb, I think that's a good rule of fat. Like we'll just, I think it's a, it's a, it's a chewing the fat rule. Uh, always assume you're on camera. We have to come up with a list of chewing the fat rules. <laughs> good rule of fat. Uh, always assume you're being filmed. If someone puts a microphone in your face, you don't have to speak. Those are the first two. Speaking of the UK, I see we got uh, train workers going on strike. We got uh, airlines in the UK, British airlines going on strike. Anybody going to be working over there? And it's all they want. Uh, they want more money. So if you're looking to travel around the UK <laughs> or to get out of the UK or to come into the UK, uh, good luck. Have fun. Because it sounds like the next couple weeks, if not longer, uh, the uh, transportation is going to be an issue. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. So I see where Kellogg's is breaking up into three different companies. Um, they have, uh, sales of $14.2 billion. <laughs> uh, 11 of that is generated by its snack division, which makes cheese, its Pringles and pop tarts among other brands. And the, so the cereal accounted for $2.4 billion in sales while the plant-based sales, the Morningstar, I think that's the brand that they have, right? Morningstar farms. Yeah. The plant-based business that comes out to making like $340 million. That's nothing. I mean, it's not in the billions. That's for sure. And so it might be just a way as they're breaking up, uh, into the three companies, uh, they're going to make, uh, one on cereals, one on snacks and one on the plant-based foods that they might be just trying to get rid of the plant-based foods. You're not making any money. We're costing us way too much money to make. And we're just going to get rid of you because they lost a plant by fire. They've had, uh, they had strikes, uh, at uh, different, at the cereal plant and at the snack plants where they ended up having to pay the employees a lot more money. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, but the prices have gone up for the products. Huh? That's uh, funny how that works. Huh? It's really, really strange. I mean, companies just can't charge less. Like some people would think that you could. Because they've never run a business before. Anyway, uh, so they're going to be do that. But when you look at the money, uh, I'm sure that's what it is. They're just trying to find a way to get rid of Morningstar Farms. And uh, that way they can just focus on uh, cereals and snacks and make billions of dollars. <laughs> instead of dumping money into the plant-based foods. Maybe not though. Maybe they believe that Morningstar Farms is a place to go and what a beautiful thing. I can't remember the last time I had a Morningstar Farms plant-based food. I used to eat burgers. There was a company at one point that uh, my wife was trying, not uh, one of my wives, uh, was getting me to eat the, 
vegetarian burgers. It wasn't Morningstar Farms, though. It's another company. And they weren't bad. You know, they were okay. They weren't burgers, but they were okay. Um, but I, what I, what, I can't remember what I eat from Morningstar Farms. Uh, not much. Uh, not much, I'll tell you that. And if they're only making $340 million a year, um, they're not selling. Uh, there's a lot of people are saying not much to the Morningstar Farms section in your freezer or dairy. I see where someone at Kraft uh, is uh, justifying their job. You know what we should do? We should change um, the cover of our Kraft macaroni and cheese and we should rename it. Nobody ever says, hey, let's have Kraft macaroni and cheese for dinner. Well, they actually do. But nobody ever says that. All they just say is, hey, let's have mac and cheese. You kids want mac and cheese? Yeah, we'd like mac and cheese, please. So we're going to justify our job and say, you know what we should do? We should change our name and refresh the logo. So it's just going to be, instead of Kraft macaroni and cheese, we'll call it Kraft Mac and Cheese. Huh? I know. Now, how much do you love it and want to buy it? So, they've got a new bright box cover with Kraft Mac and Cheese, and they've got the little smiley-faced noodle. <laughs> the smiley-faced macaroni. And then they have the thick and creamy, and you have the original flavor, and then you have the spirals. And But they're all Kraft Mac and Cheese. So, man, good, 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 good. I'm a fan of Kraft Macaroni and Cheese, man. I love it. I mean, I, for a long time, I couldn't afford Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. That's how broke I was when I first, when I first moved from Michigan to Florida. I was living in some little dump apartment on Madeira Beach, Florida. And, man, I was freaking broke. And then I ended up getting, uh, there was a couple of jobs that I worked. And then I ended up working, started working at Winn-Dixie part-time as a stock boy. and I'm sorry, a stock person. And uh, still, I mean, just no money. And I was eating the Winn-Dixie brand macaroni and cheese. She had shells and cheese. The shells and cheese were my favorite. And those were, you know, so much, they were cheaper than the Kraft macaroni and cheese. And when I started actually getting a paycheck, I mean, when I was able to step up to the craft macaroni and cheese. Oh yeah. Life was good, baby. And I don't know if I would have done that if it was titled Mac and Cheese. Because Mac and Cheese uh, doesn't sound to me, doesn't sound as delicious as macaroni and cheese. But, you know, they didn't ask me, so what do I know? So I see where the uh latest video from uh, JLo on uh, Father's Day, she posted a video on her Instagram account that uh, showed uh, pictures of her and Ben, you know, hugging and lounging. and They were on boats and they were just, you know, she was just saying how wonderful it was and there's nothing more fulfilling than me being able to build a family with someone who I deeply love. Happy Father's Day. Consistent and selfless daddy. It's just wonderful. Uh, it's just wonderful. I mean, it's just so good to see a couple in love, isn't it? Yes, it is. But in that video, uh, she shows a picture of Ben uh, sitting in his office or some corner room that's got, uh, you know, the bat phone there next to him and 
and the computer. And in the corner behind him is a soda machine. Uh, and I am in, I mean, anytime I wish I had one, I wish I had a soda machine and an ice cream, uh, a nice soft serve ice cream machine. I would be, I would be a content human being, uh, if you had a soda machine and a soft serve ice cream machine in your home. Oh man, come on now. And so there's, uh, people are saying, uh, how they don't think they could make it again because on the machine you have, uh, it looks like they have a sun kissed and then it looks like they have uh, a, a member of the Dew family, their Mountain Dew family. And then they have a diet Coke and a diet Pepsi. So they're saying that no way that two people, <laughs> I love the article. Why would you create this unholy monstrosity, this horrific hybrid that affront to nature? <laughs> <laughs> really, really funny by Dan Kois, K-O-I-S, Dan Kois. Amorphophallus. Not sure that's the way he pronounces it. But uh, Dan goes on to tell us that you're either a Diet Coke person or a Diet Pepsi person. So why, why, God, does Ben Affleck have a soda machine that dispenses both? Because he can! I mean, J-Lo has done, uh, has got probably a sponsorship with Pepsi, right? That was the whole deal with the halftime at the Super Bowl. And she's probably done some other stuff. She probably makes a little bit of cash from Pepsi at her shows. And so she has to have Pepsi in the house, whether she drinks it or not. Who knows? And Ben probably likes Diet Coke along with his Jack that he's not drinking anymore. I mean, heaven forbid. He's not. He's off the booze, right? Right? And uh, so you got to have both. And why not? You can't live. You can't live in harmony with Diet Coke and Diet Pepsi. Now, I would prefer, I prefer, I would have, you know, Coke Zero there. But if all they would give me is the Diet Coke, okay. I mean, fine. If that's part of the deal that we're, we're working out here together, okay. And if the wife needs to have Pepsi, fine. So be it. But I wouldn't have them together. You look at that soda machine. They've got them side by side. The Diet Coke and the Diet Pepsi. No. It should be on the other each end. The Diet Coke and the Diet Pepsi. Because you don't want to make a mistake. If you make a mistake, you know, and you put it the Sunkist or the Dew, the Mountain Dew, you might just continue on and say, oh. Or you just stop and you take a sip of the Mountain Dew, the what little bit you put in your cup, and then, oh. And you either dump out the ice and get new ice, or you just, you know, get the diet soda that you prefer, Pepsi or Coke, over back over the ice that you screwed up and put a little sun-kissed or a little dew on. But you screw up with the Diet Coke and Diet Pepsi. You can't that can't happen. So they gotta be on opposite ends. That's a little bit of an issue with me. I can understand them being in this on the same machine, just not side by side. That's uh there's too much of a chance for a mistake that way. So some headlines to uh, get you through the day. Uh, a few interesting little factoids from a new report by Reuters. Uh, the study comes from, or the report, uh, comes from uh, Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism. Overall trust in the news is the lowest in the U.S. of any country surveyed at 26%. 
interest in news across all markets has dropped from 63% in 2017 to 51% this year. Just 17% of people pay for online news. The average age of a digital news subscriber is 50. Uh, You can take away what you want from those three little tidbits from the uh, report from Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism, but I mean, 17% people pay for online news. Yeah, because we get it for free. Uh, There's plenty of places to get reports for free. Uh, we don't want to have to pay extra. And I know there's places need to make money. I get it, but I don't want to. I just, I, it's tough. It's a difficult choice when I want to, when I want to hear stories because we can get it for free. Okay. And we don't want to have to, we don't want to have to pay for it. And I know somebody has to pay for it somewhere. I got it. Interest in news across all markets has dropped. I'd be interested to see what they, you know, consider news. But uh, it's overwhelming, so I can understand it dropping. to it's still over 50%, but not by much. And trust in news is only at 26%. That surprises me it's that high, the way that uh, the mainstream media has covered all these stories these days. And for instance, just an example of stories that the mainstream media may have covered differently than what is really what is being perceived by the... Uh, other 74% of Americans. Uh, the House January 6th committee, yeah, you know what? I know that we were supposed to have some more hearings and stuff planned, but we're just going to go ahead and push it off. Uh, you know, We're going to schedule, we'll try to get to it in July after we come back from the July 4th break. Huh, why are you going to do that? Well, we've got new evidence coming in. Do you? Do you have new evidence coming in? I can't wait. I can't wait to see what new evidence you have because I have a feeling it's just because we saw a video on some of the uh, online news uh, companies that people were literally falling asleep inside the hearing while testimony was taking place. So it is just that good. Riveting, riveting things. And if you think for one second, one second, that Adam Schiff... Adam Schiff, one of the biggest, one of the biggest, you know, biggest piles of whatever nasty pile of things you could think of. If he actually had evidence that he could put president, former president Donald Trump in shackles and haul him off to jail and indict him. Are you, are you, do you believe? that that would not have been done already. I mean, he could say it all he wants, but if it was actually true, Donald Trump would be behind bars because of Adam Schiff, if what Adam Schiff says is true. So obviously it's not true. Former Tallahassee mayor uh, and uh, former former uh, run for governor, Andrew Gillum, uh, has been indicted for a campaign related to wire fraud, conspiracy to commit wire fraud, and making false statements. Huh. Andrew Gillum, the guy that was doing drugs and partying with three or four guys in Miami, going to rehab, saying he was sorry to his wife. That guy, that guy is in trouble again for taking money from the campaign and committing wire fraud and making false statements. Huh. Huh. 
Huh, that is weird. And I see where uh, the city of Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, has agreed to pay the family of Dante Wright, who was killed by a now-convicted police officer during a traffic stop last year. Uh, Dante, uh, family is going to get $3.25 million. So congratulations for them. Uh, you know, you, nothing, nothing, nothing will ever bring Dante back, but the 3.25 million will help. And then I see a story. I mean, I hope it will. And then I see a story where Senator Kevin Kramer, Republican from North Dakota. Now the headline <laughs> This is the only reason I'm doing this story is because I was, I mean, I stopped in my tracks this morning when I was reading this story. The headline is Senator Kevin Kramer, Republican, North Dakota, suffers hand injury, may require amputation. Okay, so that's the headline. But I read it this morning at whatever time I was, you know, I haven't even finished my first cup of coffee. I read it as Senator Kevin Kramer suffers head injury, may require amputation. And I thought, what? The, the amputation they're thinking about cutting off his head <laughs> I need more coffee but apparently it's just his hand and I just read it wrong it wasn't his head <laughs> that's so sad man he sustained some serious injury to his right hand and required immediate surgery they can do so much in today's world so uh, you know they're talking about uh, he has a high risk of infection now and possible need for uh, uh, an amputation. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what what happened. Uh, how this happened to him, and we'll get more. Uh, we'll get news on what actually, you know, what actually happened and how uh, how he lost his. Apparently, he was uh, he had to move a large rock that looked unstable near a beach area outside his home uh the rock rolled onto his ring and pinky fingers when i looked at it i knew it was severe it was pretty nasty huh the surgeon was able to stitch the tip of his pinky finger back on and that's the part of his hand that would require amputation he quipped that since the rest of his digits are healthy angry birds is still a possibility so he's in good spirits good and they could do so much I mean, my oldest son, Elvis, almost had his four fingers on his left hand completely cut off. I mean, they were hanging off his hand. I don't even like to talk about it, really. I mean, that it was like I can still see him in the bathroom of this building we were in where he had put his hand up on the fence. He was out skateboarding outside uh, the building I was working at, and he put his hand up. We had a gate, a, a an electronic gate that ran by a, a chain and a metal wheel that would open and close the gate. And he was out skateboarding and he hopped up on the, up on the gate and he got his, you know, his foot was, his toe was caught in the fence. So he put his hand up on the top of the gate, but the gate was moving as he was putting his hand up there. So his hand went underneath the metal wheel that the gate rolled under and darn near cut off all his fingers. And I mean, they were hanging off his hand. And then, so we wrapped him up and took him to the hospital. I mean, he had pins stuck in forever. And they did, I mean, they did miraculous work. And if I could remember the doctor's name, the surgeon that took care of him, I would give him his love in Tampa because he saved my, he saved my son's hand. 
and he brought those fingers back to life. And there's one finger still kind of screwed up a little bit that he's, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of bent. It didn't heal straight. It healed kind of crooked. And the doc was like, uh, well, we can go back in and fix that finger straight. And Elvis is like, not a chance. I'm happy just the way it is. Okay. I mean, we did, he, we, he did hours of rehab with just squeeze, putting his hand in a bucket of rice and squeezing it. And he did, uh, I forget how long his, he had pins stuck coming out of his fingers, but they did miraculous work. So I'm sure that this Senator, uh, will be fine. I'm sure that he has access to, uh, surgeons that are just as good as the ones that I had access to in Tampa Bay. Oh, speaking of Tampa Bay, they lost the NHL final game in Tampa last night in overtime. So they're down three games to one. It does not look good for the Tampa Bay Lightning and their three-peat uh, chances. Uh, they can still do it, obviously, but they've got to win. Uh, they got to win three more games, and two of them are in Colorado. Oof, good luck. And plus, I'll tell you, in overtime last night, it was looking good. They were tied. They were going to overtime. I was excited. And then, uh, man... Colorado looked so much better than Tampa in that overtime period. Wow, they were just uh, they were just piling on. So anyway, uh, congratulations to Tampa Bay for making it to the NHL Finals. <laughs> Still with you though. Come on, you just got to win three more, three in a row, three in a row, and then you get the three P. Three in a row gets you to three in a row. Ooh, I like that. Three in a row gets you to three in a row. You can use that if you'd like. All right, a new report for Houses of the Hoity Toity. <laughs> Oracle founder Larry Ellison uh, has paid $173 million for his new estate. $173 million. It's not 225 like out in California, but it is in Florida. It's on the east coast of Florida, uh, north of Palm Beach. And it's, uh, I mean, Ellison is... I mean, he's Mr. Property these days anyway. Remember, he bought the place uh, somewhere close to this, uh, north of Palm Beach in, uh, I don't know, last year or not, not long ago, where it was just a tear down. 80 million bucks. <laughs> I'll give you 80 million. I'm just going to tear this place down. And he owns almost an entire island in Hawaii. People are pissed because he's running everybody off of that island. Uh, it's my place now. Get out. But this particular place uh, is beautiful. It's along the Atlantic Ocean. It's a 30-bedroom compound, 1,200 feet of ocean along the beach, uh, 1,300 feet along Lake Worth, connects via tunnels, including a furnished tunnel underneath South Ocean Boulevard, features a 15-foot-wide gallery, has a 12-bedroom main house, two four-bedroom beachside cottages, a seven-bedroom mango house, a staff house, and recreational amenities, including a swimming pool, golf area, tennis court, half a basketball court. What's the matter? You couldn't put in a full court? Pfft, bum. And so it's our new houses of the hoity-toity, $173 million for Larry Ellison and his new little uh, little getaway along the east coast of Florida. Gotta, gotta love that. I mean, he's what? I don't know. He's in the top 
15 or top 20 richest people in the world right now at, uh, well, he doesn't have a hundred billion. He's only right now has uh, under a hundred billion at $93.7 billion worth. It's just another lifestyle that these guys are living. And then I see a story out of Polk County, Iowa, not Florida. Some people are uh, all wound up because, uh, of what this guy put on his headstone. His uh, tombstone was awesome. And it's a beautiful tombstone, but people are saying, hey, maybe we ought to take it down. Wait, why? Because the family said their dad wanted it on his tombstone. It was uh, his way of being the jokester fun guy that he was. And uh, really, if you don't get it right away, then there's no point. There's no point to it. They were concerned that the uh, cemetery is going to make him take it down. But the headstone says Owens, which was his last name. And then it says forever in our hearts until we meet again. Cherished memories known as our son, brother, father, papa, uncle, friend, and cousin. Why are they mad? It sounds beautiful, right? What's something you'd want on your tombstone? But he has them all rowed up so that the first letter of each line is <laughs> is all rowed up. So the first letter of forever in your hearts, obviously F, until we meet again, U, cherished memories, C, known as K, then there's a space, our son, our brother, O, father, papa, uncle, F, friend and cousin f so f u cherished memories known as off <laughs> that is awesome it's just awesome and i i hope that they don't make them take it down because that is fantastic and if you were going to leave uh leave a message on your tombstone why not have it be those letters wrote up in a nice little saying, but still saying two things for the price of one. I love it. And then, of course, uh, you know, you can always follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR. Facebook and Instagram is Jeff Fisher Radio. And I say that because I was sent a message on uh, Instagram. And it, it might have been, it doesn't matter. I sent a message on uh, one of the social media accounts and I posted it on my Instagram uh, stories yesterday. And it really, really is kind of uh, something that makes you go, wait, what? And that's what I think, I, I feel like, I feel like that might be the title of the show even today. Wait, what? Um, the post is, when you realize that 1970 and 2022 are as far apart as 1970 and 1918. The post says, I'm just going to need a minute. I'm going to need more than a minute. Uh, but that, as far as chewing the fat goes, uh, I would say um, when you realize that 1970 and 2022 are as far apart as 1970 and 1918. Think about it. You may go back to the post from Mr. Owens on his tombstone. Forever in our hearts until we meet again. Cherished memories known as 
our son, brother, father, papa, uncle, friend, and cousin. You know what it stands for. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.